Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear friends of the Voice of the Church, my name is Paul Aceman. I'm the pastor of the Streetlight Christian Church. It's a small church in downtown Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm bringing messages this month from the Gospel according to Luke. So we'll be spending some time in this Gospel for this month. The scripture reading for this message is from the end of Luke chapter 2. It is the story that Luke tells us about Jesus as a boy. It is really the only story that we have in the Bible about Jesus as a young boy. This is the story. Begins at Luke 2 verse 41. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. We're talking about Jesus' parents, of course. When he, Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this?' Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The story of the boy Jesus in the temple gives rise to all kinds of questions, like, why did Joseph and Mary search three days before even thinking to look for him in the temple? Did Jesus deserve to be rebuked by his mom? In other words, had Jesus really done something disrespectful toward his parents? But the most important question is certainly this one. Why did he, Jesus, have to be in his father's house, as he says he had to be. This question gives us an insight into the whole passage. And when we answer that, all the other questions really fall away. The story turns on Jesus' decision to stay behind in Jerusalem. The family had come down from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. They had traveled about 150 kilometers Perhaps at a fast pace, a family could do it in four days. They had spent some time in Jerusalem, and then they set off back for home. The patterns were so familiar to the family, because they did it every year, that Mary and Joseph presumed that Jesus was with them when they were going back home. But they were wrong this time. Jesus had stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
For Jesus to decide to stay behind in Jerusalem seems to me to be irresponsible. I'm a father and I have children. I have five children. My wife and I have, on a few occasions, lost track of our children among friends or relatives. But we have never lost track of them for a whole day. If they had stayed with a friend without telling us beforehand, we would have been very upset with our children. Now, Joseph and Mary, they must have been good parents. Otherwise, the father wouldn't have entrusted his son to them. Joseph and Mary discovered that Jesus was missing after they had traveled a whole day toward home. When they found that he was gone, they must have been frantic. They spent most of the next day traveling back to the city, Jerusalem. They spent another whole day searching for him up and down the streets. On the third day, they finally decided to go to the temple. And when they arrived, there was Jesus, sitting among the religious leaders, completely absorbed as though he had no other concerns in the world, like parents or family. If that was my boy, I would have been very angry at him, as Mary was. Joseph, the father, he doesn't say anything. Joseph is level on the level, always calm and even-tempered. Jesus had not stayed behind in Jerusalem by accident. He knew what he was doing. When night fell, he had to go search for food and he had to provide for his own bed. He was away from his parents for two nights. He would have known that they were worried about him, but he did it anyways. Mary says, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And I can understand Mary saying that. It seems that Jesus needed to be rebuked. But then, perhaps not. In verse 50, we read that Jesus replied to his mom. He said, Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Luke reports, they, his parents, they did not understand. And then in verse 51, he adds, His mother treasured all these things in her heart. She treasured that memory of finding Jesus, seeing him, asking questions and giving answers. She treasured that memory in her heart. Now, you don't treasure bad experiences. You remember them, of course, but you don't treasure them. You treasure memories that are happy or memories that fill you with wonder, like what Luke writes about in chapter 1, when on the eve of the birth of her son, Jesus, Mary and Joseph were visited by shepherds who told them all kinds of amazing things, especially that angels had appeared to them in the night. There, in chapter 1, we read that Mary treasured all this in her heart. Now, in this passage, she of course is upset when she finally held her son Jesus. She led him homeward, 
And when her heart stopped pounding and she thought more about what Jesus had said, then she began to treasure these things. But the question remains, what exactly did she treasure? Well, she had seen Jesus sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. These were the most trusted religious figures in the land. They were the very same men who 20 years later would grumble about the teachings of this Jesus of Nazareth. They would criticize his failures to uphold the traditions of the elders. They would engage Jesus in debate again and again, and they would find his language blasphemous. And, and in the end, they are the men who would condemn Jesus to death. These are the men who either had seats on the Sanhedrin or who exercised great influence upon it. They were men who were good at swaying people to persuade them about their opinions. But these men found that they could never influence Jesus, not even when he was a 12-year-old boy. In verse 47, we read that they were amazed at his understanding and his answers. They were asking the child questions. That's not a usual thing for teachers to do. Normally, the child asks questions as he seeks further information and understanding. But this child, Jesus, a 12-year-old boy, he knew the information. He had his own understanding of the force of scriptures. The religious leaders there were amazed, not just that he had so much knowledge in his head, for you see, Luke uses the word here, amazed. They were amazed at him. And the word that Luke uses is a word that carries more than just a sense of amazement. It also carries the sense of alarm. They were alarmed or upset with the answers he gave. He didn't just know the Bible well with his mind. But with his heart, he had an understanding that already now was challenging their whole system, threatened their values and traditions, and compromised their leadership. And this was just a child, a 12-year-old boy. A child's understanding of something is less biased by their experiences. And therefore, a child's understanding of a thing is purer, simpler, more direct. What Jesus said here to these religious leaders in Jerusalem, what he said rang true, and what they replied seemed to them to be backpedaling. If this is how the child thinks, what sort of opponent will he become when he's a man? They are amazed. These religious leaders are more than amazed. They're alarmed and upset. God's grace and human legalism can never rest side by side. The one will rise and the other will always fall. Now, remember, Jesus had come with his parents to Jerusalem for the Passover. That's what Luke tells us. The Passover is a celebration of how the angel of death had passed over the land of Egypt, killing a child in every home. But the homes of the Israelites were protected by the blood of the Lamb. God gave 
protection for his own people. He protected them not because they were good people. They were not better than the Egyptians in themselves. God is very clear in his instruction to his people later on. I think of Deuteronomy 11, when God said to Israel while they're traveling to the promised land, he said, you are not better than the other people. You are a stubborn and stiff-necked people. God delivered Israel not because they were better, but just because God wanted to. God's love for them was completely free. God's love for you and me is completely free, too. God doesn't love us because we are better than other people. If there's anything good in me, it's just the gift of God in Jesus Christ. The religious leaders, however, they were legalistic in their thinking. They said Israel deserved God to deliver them because they were good people. They believed that they still were good people better than other people. They believed that they deserved to have God save them. The angel of death didn't go into their houses because they thought they were better than the Egyptians. So Jesus is in his father's house because he needs to protect his father's reputation. He could not allow false teachers to go unopposed because Jesus is himself the Passover lamb, he is the one who would give his life and shed his blood to save our lives. He was doing what he must, or he would have no ministry, no people to save. It was zeal for his father's grace and for the salvation of his people that he sat there asking questions and giving answers instead of going home to Bethlehem with his father and his mother. They were frantic with worry, but what is that compared to you and I spending eternity in agony? What is that compared to his father being represented by the religious leaders of his people? Jesus was only 12 years old, too young, to begin his ministry yet. He must wait till he is called by the Father and ordained by the Holy Spirit. Then he may begin to show the meaning of grace and lead us back into the love of his Father. But for now, his mother is right. He was zealous for our salvation, but he was obedient to his mother and father. He was only 12 years old. And so he went back to Nazareth with them. Soon he would be a man, and he would begin his ministry. It is written down for our instruction, lest we empty the gospel of its power by thinking ourselves better than others. This is the most important matter for which Jesus came. Let us then humble ourselves and learn to live by God's goodness and grace and not by our own. If we put our trust in the goodness of Jesus Christ, then this place Jesus spoke about the house of his father will be your house and you will live there forever thank you for listening <laughs>